0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: So many things make me laugh off the air and I want to bring them to the air, but I'm just like a little bit not sure about how to frame it properly to make it appropriate. Like me laughing at a spasm of weather, which is like... The, yeah, every once in a while the weather just has a complete spasm. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing was the quote about how Republicans and Democrats used to get along. And, like, okay, I mean, yeah, all right. Uh, anyway, let's talk basketball. That's what I'm here for. Matthew Collar in for uh, Henry Lake. And who better to do it with than from the Pioneer Press, Jace Frederick? What is going on, Jace?
2: Hey, caller. Not much, man. about
1: with you? Uh, well, you know, I'm here doing my thing. Um, and I there just saw that Courtney Vandersloot announced she's not coming back to Chicago. And I'm intrigued. Candace Parker is a Vegas ace. Brianna Stewart is apparently not coming to the links, but she's going somewhere. And now Courtney Vandersloot says she's not uh, going to return to Chicago. I, th- I think we got WNBA super teams,
2: Jace. I know. What's your guess? I'm going with New York. New York. Yeah, it's got to be New York. Because
1: once Candace Parker went to the Aces, that meant to me that it was not going to happen with Brianna Stewart in Minnesota. There's a lot of things to have to put around her in Minnesota. The roster basically has no players other than Defisa Collier at this point, with Sylvia Fowles retired. And when you look at New York, they just got Quell Jones. They have Sabrina Inescu, who is a superstar already. And good role players like Han Chu, for people who do not know who Han Chu is, you have to find out. A six foot nine woman from China who can shoot threes. Okay, it's insane. And you put Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot on that team, and we've got super teams.
2: You, you can literally like pencil in the finals. I mean, it, obviously, injuries and things and whatnot can happen, but like you can pencil in the finals (laughs) for those two teams. But even even when, like you always knew, it was going to be Cavs-Warriors, the rest of the NBA season I always thought was still entertaining. So I think we'll still have an entertaining WNBA season, even if free agency plays out as we expect. And um, it will be no secret as to who will be playing one another at the end.
1: You know, one of the benefits I was kind of ranting a little bit earlier about how this state needs to, like, get its stuff together and start getting gambling going legally uh, one of the things I think people will find when that eventually happens, and it will be when, is in the summertime, if you don't really know baseball and you don't want to bet on the Royals, if you start watching the WNBA and add a gambling element to it, it becomes pretty exciting. I've had a lot of friends who don't live in this state, of course, because they would never break the law, where I've said, you know what, start paying attention to the W. There's a lot to gamble on there. And all of a sudden, they became big fans. It's it's time for people to understand how crazy the W actually is uh, and get into it. But I did want to ask you about the Wolves. They lose to the Kings the other night. And in the conference, it just seems like every team is like the Wolves, where their fans probably mostly hate their team, but they know that they could potentially be better and everyone's log jammed together. They all have problems. They all have star players. And I don't know where I'm supposed to think the Wolves fit in all of this.
2: I don't know either. Um, and, and my favorite thing is always like, yeah, the wolves have had this or this and this, but they're only one game back and forth. They're three games <laughs> back and yeah. forth, and I'm sure every single team is saying that or like, we're only three back of the home court in the loss column, even though our team is terrible. You know, so all they have to do is turn it around, and they're right there. It's literally everyone's right there because everyone stinks. Uh, but yeah, I don't. It, it's a really interesting thing, and for me, the thing about the wolves is like we watch this team right now, and I I, I see them making strides and particularly like against better competition. like They they play a pretty decent brand of basketball. They easily could have won last night. Um, that would have been a, a really impressive I think two-game sweep of a good Sacramento team. It's pretty hard uh, to win consecutive games and consecutive games against really any team in the NBA, particularly good ones. Uh, obviously, they didn't get it done, but I think they're just playing really well. Anthony Edwards is become the focal point and is playing and is a really good focal point. I'm um, serving well in that role and everybody's kind of playing well around him. Um, but I think it's so interesting with Minnesota because like Carlton Towns is going to come back at some point. And we still don't know how that's going to fit, if they will be better or worse because of it. Not to say that Towns is not a good player, but he's just going to change so much of what they do. So like it's, it's interesting to evaluate the wolves and their growth now while also understanding that like, there's going to be a major shuffle-up um, coming right around the corner here, maybe after the All-Star break.
1: Well, and how am I supposed to interpret what we've seen from Anthony Edwards? Because I think that there is an argument that Carl Anthony Towns going out basically forced everybody to look at him and be like, well, this is your time, buddy. And overall, I think the results have been good. There are still times with him and games with him And I know that he has youth, so there's some forgiveness here. But where I'm like, okay, they needed you there. like They needed you to step up and to win that game because that's what the stars in this league do. I was looking this up last night. That this year, I think there are six or seven players who are over 30 points per game and maybe 20 guys that are over 25 points per game. I went back to 07, 08, and there was one guy averaging 30 points, and there was a, only a handful who were even averaging 25. Like We are in a universe where the whole thing is kind of like football with the quarterback. It's like if you got the dude, Luka Doncic, he just scores 50 points and you win the game. And Anthony Edwards is that guy. But I also don't want to be impatient because we're still talking about someone who's young in his career. So how do you feel like this absence of Carl Anthony Towns has sort of mattered to Anthony Edwards?
2: I think NBA TV uh, put out this graphic from earlier. I mean, earlier today, every day since January 2nd in the NBA, somebody in the league has scored 40 plus points, which is, <laughs> and that used to be like, a, sure. oh wow, somebody scored 42. And now it's like, that happens literally every single night yeah. uh, since January 2nd in, in this month. And Anthony Eddart had one of those 44 point games. Uh, I, I think he's evolving. Um, and I, I think he's taking more onus upon himself. I think he's done things like, hey, they were getting beat on the glass. And so he started rebounding more. Uh, they were terrible in the third quarter. Um, and so he said, like, I need, started being more aggressive in the third and his numbers this month in the third have been fantastic. And they've won like 11 out of their last 13 third quarters or whatever the case may be. And he's a a massive reason for it. Like he's answered the bell a lot for them, particularly this month. Um, There's certainly areas where he can get better. Uh, I, I think like his aggression offensively has created a ton of attention from defenses now to the point where they are really stacking up against him. And now I think the next step for him is like, Yes, you still have to go at various points in the game, but you also have to realize, even more than he currently does, uh, exactly when like a wide open three is one pass away. I um, mean, you see that kind of yeah. with the gravity he has. Like it's a like good shooter is, is sitting twelve feet away, and his defender is literally like two thirds the way closer to you because he's trying to take away your driving gap. So, I think I think he's he's definitely found the ways in which he can dominate with the ball in his hands, and now he needs to find out and maybe better decipher um, when he can dominate by getting the ball to others. Because I think he could be a guy who could have eight assists a night, you know, and we've seen it some nights, but that could be even more consistent. But you just feel like ant centric offense can certainly work because that's what Minnesota has been riding now for a month.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that even when you see guys like, and I saw a stat the other day, and this is where the internet's so great. It's just things that I think are happening. The internet will tell me by the numbers, if it is or not like huge, huge dudes, who could play defensive end in the NFL like Anthony Edwards, are dribbling the ball more now than they ever have ever because it was always this idea like, well, you got to have the point guard who distributes the basketball and he's undersized and he plays defense and he gets seven assists a game or more. Uh, and that has just gone away. Now it's Luka Doncic is basically like, LeBron James out there and he's just carrying the ball all the time and he scores when he wants to and he passes when he wants to and I just don't feel like it's a bad idea for Anthony Edwards to be in that party and he kind of has been more and more often but you also have to be a distributor a little bit more as well. Shot selection has to be smarter and looking at the field goal percentages, if you looked at his field goal percentage, nothing would make you say Wiggins and I'm not doing that but I'm just saying like, oh, 46%. But then you look at the best players. Now everyone's shooting over 50%. Our
2: world has changed, Jace. Yeah, and to his credit, I think, you know, in recent games, in this recent stretch, I'd have to look at it, but he has had far more games where he going above 50 percent uh that 46 i think is kind of being anchored down by what he did earlier in the year particularly when he struggled as the whole offense was kind of struggling and the team was struggling Uh, so i think he's figuring it out in that respect but you're right like this is where the best players are scoring high numbers and they're doing it as much out of efficiency as volume uh like the volume's up but the efficiency is following right behind i'm 100 percent agree and as far as like bigger guys is having the ball and dribbling more like ant should be the guy doing the bulk of the dribbling for this team and it's but like, because I just said, like, Minnesota doesn't have to run anything. Anthony Edwards can just dribble the ball at the top of the arc, <laughs> right. and defenses start to just shrivel up uh, because they're so frightened that he is just going to take three dribbles and, and have a layup. Um, so now it's it's so easy for basically everybody else is already open uh, to a large degree, be it just like a pass-pass, um, without running any action or anything because – Literally, the defense is just honed in on the guy with the ball. So, like, that makes far more sense than finding any other way to get him the ball because you already basically have two guys on him um, as he's just standing in the middle of the floor. So, yes, like, go the way of everybody else. You know, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, whoever, LeBron James, like, put the ball in his hands, and and now it's just on him to realize this game is going to be really easy for you because of how gifted you are. And once he fully grasps that, and I think it's coming, Minnesota is going to be uh, Jace, better for it.
1: Jace Frederick joining me on the uh, John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, all right, so let's say you're at a Super Bowl party, Jason, and someone walks up to you and says, Oh, hey, you're that guy who covers the T Wolves. I think they should trade Carl next offseason. What do you think, my guy? What would you say? Oh, goody. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell me that doesn't happen. Like, it does,
2: right? That happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it 100% does. And, and I think. Frankly, I think it comes back after the All-Star break, like this will kind of be an audition um, because we saw at the beginning of the year that, that it didn't work. Um, and now you can obviously say it for Minnesota, but well, that was 20 games, um, And there wasn't enough time there, but we've seen now the general effectiveness or what could be, um, what things could turn into, particularly as you continue to sculpt the roster more and more around Anthony Edwards and how successful that could be. And how you can beat good teams with that. Um, if cat comes back and they kind of take steps back or ant becomes less effective, um, in the stretch run of the season there with cat on the floor, then I don't know how you can't uh, look to move cat because ant has proven that he is worthy of kind of having this team built around him. So, if that works, if Carl Anthony Towns can be a part of that build, then great. I think that's Minnesota's plan A. But if there's any hindrance there or if there's any steps back or uh, if it, if things just don't flow as smoothly, um, kind of with that ant-centric base because Cat's out there on the court, well, then, then I do think that that probably will be a time where the organization has to say, okay, what can we get for Cat um and, and how can we continue to make this roster as good as it can be specifically around Anthony Edwards?
1: I think when they made their decision flow chart, this was the if the Gobert trade doesn't really work out, this is the ace that we have in our back pocket. To right. actually rebuild the franchise uh, or build, I should say not rebuild, but build around Anthony Edwards would be through the draft with the picks that you would get for Carl Anthony Towns. So that will be something to watch. I think that maybe that does happen, but I won't be the guy at the Super Bowl party who yells that at you. Uh, I did want to tell you one thing, though, before we wrap up, Jace, is that I am back playing rec league basketball. And it's a little different than the league that you and i played in because these are actual basketball players and i had no idea oh, <laughs> i had no idea i walked into the gym like oh i got my little shoes i'm ready to you know mess around and play and uh, i saw a guy dunk like right away i was like what no that's the other league right that's the gold league i'm not in the good no i'm in the good league and uh, my body hurts everywhere cuz everyone plays really hard and runs a lot but what i wanted to ask you was to describe my game, and I want to describe your game, because we played rec league basketball together. So what what am I like as a rec league basketball teammate?
2: Um, I'm trying to remember. You shoot a lot, that's for sure. Um, But I make a lot. Throw that out there. Yeah, not to the degree you think you do. Uh, (laughs) Definitely shoot a lot, and, and definitely coach on the floor, in that you'll definitely tell me what... I should be doing, and you're not wrong, um, but, I, you, but I think you also know at the same time that there's no way that I'm going to listen to what you're saying, but you're like saying it to like kind of get it off your chest. It's like, Jace, why don't you run inside and try to get a rebound or just like do something? <laughs> and I am just like, dude, whatever. I know what I do. I stand on the perimeter. I do nothing uh, when I get the ball and I decide to, to jack up an air ball. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so that's a coach on the floor who is not afraid to call his own number.
1: Okay, well, I will say that in the league I'm in now, I cannot call my own number very often because we have a dude who played D1. So I just give him the ball, and I am a spacer and defensive player. And uh, that's basically my role in this league that I'm in now. But I think that that's... 3 and D. I, I'm a 3 and D. That's that right. I also think it's like we didn't have a lot of shooters on the team, except for you who would shoot it every time you got the ball, which is okay because we had, we had a lot of fun. But you were you were the guy who had the size to absolutely go bruise, get offensive rebounds, put backs, and you're just like, no, I'm not doing it. You were like... um Who is the guy who is the guy that the the Wolves drafted way back who was the biggest bust, the European guy? What was his name? They had a website about him. What the heck was his name? Gosh, I can't remember.
2: Anyway, oh, he, he didn't. name and draft him, Are You talking about Darko Milicic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darko draft? Milicic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Pistons drafted him. Oh, instead no, okay. Of Anthony and Dwayne Wade. That's yeah. right.
1: That's right. That's right. And he became a wolf, though, right?
2: Yes. Okay. Correct, Darko.
1: Correct. Mil- so you're Darko Milicic, is how I would describe it. Like you could have. That's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. You could have, but you didn't want to. Um. But you know but, what? You played with failed. a joy for the game, though. That Darko Milicic did not have. That's how I would describe you as well. Is that every week you had a good time? If we lost, I was very upset. Where you were like, no, I got to spend time with my friends, and so that was. That was precious. Um, anyway, so I did it. I did. It, I, I did enjoy when we did that. But I would say you should stick to covering the wolves because you do a tremendous job writing basketball, and you are not a great basketball player. So thank you for your time, and uh, I'm glad we could get together, Jace.
2: Uh, I absolutely have no qualms with your description. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Jace. Appreciate
1: it, man. Enjoy your Super Thanks Bowl parties. <laughs> it does. It does happen when you cover a team where. The first thing when someone learns that you cover a team is they've got a theory about something, whether it's the game is rigged or they should trade a player or whatever. It's like, what do you think about this theory I got? It's like, oh, and what are you supposed to say? No, man, you're nuts. (laughs) Like it's a, it's a, you know, first world problems, but it does happen. All right, let's take a break. We will return Matthew Collar in for Henry Lake. All right, we're debating on whether to talk about Chris's hat or what weird people ask me at parties. Well, not what weird people ask you. To, I'd have to question. go I'd have to go to parties. Well, see, you you ask what weird people ask you and I was like I wanted to know what weird question people ask you. Oh, what weird question. I mean, yeah. I'm not what saying... What weird people ask me could be anything. <laughs> right? You mean because I cover the Vikings for PurpleInsider.com and the Purple Insider podcast. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's where people can find my work. Uh, what people When people meet me and it is explained to them what I do, yes. uh, then there's always questions and there's always theories that people have. Do you, do you get annoyed when people just ask you like the really weird... Like, just, I mean, awful common sense question. Do you just want to slap him upside the head and
0: ask there, him to spell the word football?
1: Um, there has been many, th- a lot of times it focuses around the quarterback. So, like, when I had jury duty, uh and the judge asked literally the judge like what do you do uh, like I had to explain it and then the defense attorney was like wait you make money doing that and I was like you this is like on the record do I have to explain this to you but the answer was yes I actually did have to explain that uh and the judge asked if I thought the Vikings would win the Super Bowl and I said no and uh, I guess I turned out to be right on the official record but anyway um usually that's uh it's like oh do you think they should get rid of Kirk or something like that's kind of a a starting point mm-hmm. um but sometimes it, it devolves into like why is this a rule in the NFL why is this out of bounds but not that or something and it's like I I, I don't really know I mean do, like do you get,
0: do you get tired
1: of people always like when you're not on the clock and you just like mm. being yourself and yeah you because
0: know, I mean You cover football all the time. You you talk about it here. I mean, you you do all this great stuff with Purple Insider, and I've been a subscriber since very, very early in the process. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it's like eventually you just want to get away and unplug, right? Um. So that no, I don't. I actually actually don't. I know that some people are like that. I actually don't mind when you said like, what's the weird questions that people ask you. Yeah. And there are weird ones about kicking and rules and things that I might not even know. Uh, I don't ever mind when people have questions because that's, kind of what I'm supposed to know, right? And, uh, okay, what I think is more challenging is when people just want to give me their opinions and want me to be like, oh, yeah, man, you nailed it. So it's like, isn't this guy the best who's my favorite player? Like, what am I going to say? Well, actually, let's take a look at his salary cap hit and his analytics. Like, come on, man. Uh, but Uh Have you ever wanted to, though? Like, oh, of, just, course, just of course. Get, just school somebody. Of course, yeah, of course. It goes through my head that, like, well, maybe you might not be right about that, but... Uh and sometimes you try to kind of like well you know I think there's this little you know criticism or something but uh, what you massage what are it. you yeah what are you going to say as far as like talking ball though e- even like with someone like jace i'm I'm like texting Jace during games Mm -hmm. and stuff, talking about football. So I pretty much do, and you could ask my wife, you know her, Sloan, how many times we're on the phone when she's on the road or something and I'm talking about the team and football. And So no, I I would never be upset if someone wanted to talk to me about the Vikings because of what I do, Mm -hmm. but it can be uncomfortable if they just want to like heave opinions at you and do not want you to like actually give them feedback. They want you to validate them. Yes. They yes. just want you to be like, yeah man, I told that Vikings guy they need to trade Kirk for a third and, and he was like, yeah man. Like that's that's sometimes I'm like, okay, I'd like to maybe go somewhere else now. Uh but that also makes it seem like I spend a lot of time in around people. Uh, anyway, let's take a break here. Speaking of football, uh I talked to Chris Trapasso on my podcast about the Vikings and drafting quarterback. And we had a really good conversation. So I want to bring you some of that when we return. All right, Matthew Collar in for Henry Lake. And uh, if I haven't mentioned on the show, do you have a, do you have any friends like this, Chris, who tell you about like their podcast? There was a line in uh Schitt's Creek where the, the guy was like, you would have known if you had listened to my podcast. Yes. And yeah. I feel like I'm that person all the time. Or like, did you see what I said on Twitter? Like, why didn't you see that? Uh, you can ask my wife all well, the time. You, you got to well, pimp the brand it. though. You got to yeah. pimp the brand. No, that's true. But, but this is relevant here because we've talked about the Vikings rebuilding and how a lot of people are kind of ready for them to do something that's maybe a step back to take a step forward. And on my podcast, Purple Insider, I had a really good discussion with Chris Trapasso, draft analyst from CBS Sports about the quarterbacks in this draft and whether it would make sense. For the Vikings to consider it so I wanted to bring that to you I, I want to know what you think about uh, the draft class as it pertains to the Vikings they're going to draft what 24th and that makes it difficult to take any of the quarterbacks in a good quarterback year where you could have three go in the top what six or seven uh mm-hmm. still though I don't think that that eliminates them from the conversation I I wonder what you think about the Vikings quarterback situation in general about Kirk Cousins going into the final year of his career and whether it's a good idea to look at these first round quarterbacks who might not be the guy who's, you know, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud who's going at the very very top.
3: Well, I'll start with your point about that teams in general in an ideal world would want that Patrick Mahomes scenario. That redshirt season, guy's not ready yet but has all the talent in the world. We say that every year. We've we've said that in general for, you know, the last five off seasons. I think we have to also realize, but it usually doesn't happen. I don't think it it really has happened where there's been this high upside, low floor quarterback who's gotten this redshirt season for his entire rookie year, like Patrick Mahomes did in 2017. But I do think for the Vikings, they are in a similar situation as to what the Chiefs were in, in, in 2017. They have an Alex Smith type quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Maybe you say he's better than, Alex Smith was, but they have a stable, veteran quarterback who they know exactly who he is. They could probably pretty closely predict what his stat line is going to be next season, um, based on what he's done in Minnesota with Justin Jefferson. They can still make the playoffs next year. We know that with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, and still, again, like you mentioned, throw some money at a corner in free agency, draft a receiver in the second or third round, fill other pieces while just letting a high upside quarterback that is not super polished sit on the sidelines who they picked in the first round. So it's like a lot of teams want that Patrick Mahomes redshirt situation, but don't have the environment or the roster makeup to do it. The Vikings truly are a team that could do it. And with this quarterback class, I mean, we can dive into it as deeply as you want right now because I have watched all of them or the marquee guys at the top. It really is that what type of flavor do you want at the quarterback position? And I think it's, Interesting early on, and mock drafts will change. They'll be, uh, quarterbacks will like see their draft position move up and down over the next couple months. What I find the most fascinating is that Bryce Young from Alabama right now is the kind of odds on favorite to be the first overall pick or at least the first quarterback drafted when he does not have normal number one overall pick traits. And we always hear about traits, 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 especially with Mahomes and Allen and Herbert, uh, that that's what teams are looking for more than anything else at the quarterback spot. Bryce Young's going to be like six foot, 200 pounds, maybe at the combine. He does not have a big arm. And although he is pretty twitchy, he's not Tyler Murray 2.0 as a scrambler and as a pure athlete like running away from linebackers and corners at the next level. Uh, it's all about like, like his poise and his accuracy. He just he could certainly go number one overall. A team could trade with the Bears and pick him, but he does not have traditional number one overall pick traits. And then you have those guys like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Uh, C.J. Stroud's kind of in between those two, that he's not super mobile, uh, does have upside, but is a great pocket passer, reads the field really well. So it will be interesting what I've said early on is not if the Bears trade down and which team it is, but if it's the Raiders or uh, the Colts, it's not just which team does it, but then which quarterback will they pick at number one overall and what ripple effect does that have on the rest of the first round of these quarterbacks because I think you can make a case for all four of them, even Anthony Richardson, to be the first overall pick. Uh, But right now we just do not have a clear Picture as to um, which quarterback that ultimately will be. And I think it will be a different quarterback at the top of a lot of these teams' boards that could, again, certainly impact the Vikings when they go on the clock.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating draft from that uh, perspective because with Bryce Young, he's just so successful in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always going to be questions about whoever. Uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, does he have a strong enough arm? Was he just a product of great wide receivers? And then, you know, <laughs> and maybe, maybe if you're an extreme hater, you could still say he's a product of great wide receivers, but I don't think that's mm. quite just the case. Uh, and you know, Tua is another example of, and I think that this year Tua showed what his high end can be. There's long-term concerns for sure about the concussions, but it took a couple of years and it was like, oh, well, maybe we should have learned that he didn't have the arm strength. And then you saw him kind of playing a point guard role with again, multiple wide receivers who were really good. And then there's success there. Uh, I, I like a lot about Bryce Young. I really loved what I saw from C.J. Stroud against Georgia. I thought that that was a special performance that if you're making the case for him, number one overall, as a, a little more of a traditional pocket quarterback who can move, um, but a great thrower of the football. Richardson has been fascinating to me. I mean, literally from the first time I saw him against Utah in yeah, opening man. week. Um, because one cool thing is my wife broadcasted that game on national mm-hmm. radio. And so I was watching it and I had her broadcast synced up with the TV and radio. Yeah. And I, and I was texting her like, who is this man? Cause you know, I don't follow college <laughs> football until draft season. Then I start to go back and investigate these prospects. I was like, this, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, and he's, he's the guy that you go, the statistics aren't perfect, but we've kind of learned from this a little bit. Um and so I think there's a lot to like here from the Vikings angle though how do you get there because it will matter where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up and where some other quarterbacks are shuffled around and certain teams like you know will be looking to get Derek Carr probably the New York Jets maybe Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets someone's going to be kind of taken off of this board, maybe even the Panthers surprise us and trade for one of those guys because they don't want to develop a quarterback, and Frank Reich wants to win right away, or their owners want to win right away. So there's lots of things that can change here, but it's hard without a ton of draft capital to see the Vikings getting one of those guys, unless Richardson is the guy that drops because people don't believe in his passing. But I also look at his arm and I'm like, this is not Malik Willis. I mean, this this guy can really throw the football. He gets rid of the ball, which was a huge Malik Willis problem, and he is one of the best running quarterbacks I've seen. And he's also a beast, too. I mean, this isn't like a, a slender really little guy running around. I mean, this is like a Cam Newton-sized human being. He's got many Josh Allen-type traits to him. So I I, I have a tough time thinking that the NFL is just going to be like, nah, I don't know, I don't know. I think they've learned from this that even a lot of times when you say a guy can't throw, they might end up being Jalen Hurts and really be able to throw the ball. So that might put them out of that conversation. If they are, then what?
3: Yeah, being at 24 overall, it does seem decently unlikely that they would be within striking distance to get one of these guys. But I think what you laid out is correct, that you can look right now at a draft order and say, oh, this team needs a quarterback, that team. There'll be two or three taken off by the veteran quarterback market. And I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that one of them, one of the quarterback prospects falls on day one of the draft. We've certainly seen it in the past many, many times, but you're right. Does kind of feel like the NFL understands it better now that, hey, get a raw quarterback with a bunch of quality receivers and just that's going to help him more than anything else. And that you don't have to have him turn into this Tom Brady, Drew Brees uh, super precise passer and you can still get high level production from him. I'm with you on on uh, on Anthony Richardson that I think he is a really special talent and the one thing that I like about him more so than Will Levis who also has mega tools he's way younger and he hasn't played nearly as much football as Will Levis. So I think there's just from that, from those two things alone, I think there's just more perceived upside with Anthony Richardson. Uh, But I do think if the Viking scouting staff falls in love with Anthony Richardson, I don't think they should trade away their next seven first round picks for him, but you go and you move into the teens. If he's still there and get him and then worry about the rest later, this was a team that won the division that had a great record that they certainly like what they got out of Kevin O'Connell. Um, it's not a team that if they didn't have you know, seven rookies playing next year would suddenly be a bottom feeder in the NFL or, or, or even in their own division. You go and do what you need to to get that quarterback to, again, plan for the future, which I, I do kind of feel like was the overarching uh, philosophy in this regime's first draft last year.
1: I do feel like if they moved on from some of their veteran players and then ran the roster out as is, even for next year, and had, say, Anthony Richardson sitting behind Kirk Cousins, they're still like a nine-win team. I mean, they're still going to be right exactly. there competing for a playoff spot because of Justin Jefferson and because you have an offense that's leaning into the passing game. And, look, you hired a quarterback, former quarterback, for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to get the most out of your quarterback, and we've always already seen – Kevin O'Connell working closely with Kirk Cousins and some of the fruit that that bared throughout uh, the season, especially in some of the biggest moments, I think you want him to be the guy to develop the next quarterback. And if Kirk Cousins was 30 or 28, I would listen to arguments about, hey, what about these guys linking up long term and build the roster around them and aim for your one big shot two years from now and so forth. But that's just not the case. And he's not getting any cheaper. Prices are going to go up for quarterbacks even more. If we're talking about Daniel Jones potentially getting 40 million dollars a year, what is Kirk Cousins going to demand <laughs> and he's in a position to do it like he deserves to to look around and go, "Hey guys, I mean, I was a maybe fringe top 10 quarterback, like find me those that are that are cheap." So his next contract is going to be extremely expensive. I think that all the kind of stars align for this to be the year that they kind of finally pull the trigger on this. But I can also hear the head coach going like, hey, don't you want to get me like a corner or something? My defense was just horrendous. Can you help me out here? Um, But, you know, I also think that based on where their contracts stand, that it was a four-year deal for Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. That's a short-term deal for a general manager. Like, now is the time to pick and groom your quarterback to be your guy. And if you hit on him, uh, you're going to get six-year deals as a general manager in the future, as, you know, you see from, say, like Kansas City or Cincinnati. All right, that was a bit of the Purple Insider podcast with Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports Draft Analyst. Follow him on Twitter. At Chris Trapasso, we put a wrap on the show when we return. Real quick, before we put a bow on things, thanks to Henry Lake for letting me fill in today. It wasn't his choice, but uh, it's his show. So, you know, he didn't want me to mess it up. Hopefully I didn't. I just want to say, when I listen to ads for tax things, I'm reminded that I have to do mine. And do you ever think, what if the world just sent you a tax bill and you paid it? Well, that, I guess, would take away the job from my guy who does a great job on my taxes. But every year, I think... Wasn't someone else keeping track of this? Why is it that I have to? It's uh, adult things that I don't enjoy are having to keep a spreadsheet of every dime, receipts, all those things. That's the way I want to end the show. Other than to say that I wanted to bring up your hat. We won't have time to talk about it, but you're wearing the Marlin-style twins hat, and I respect it. Pick the hat you like and roll with it. That's what I was going to say about it. People are triggered by my hat. People didn't love it, but you know what? I don't mind it.